Welcome to the Rural Revival Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Larson. Today we're with Jasmine Stidham of Stidham Outfitters in Johnson City, Texas. Stidham Outfitters started in 2014 when Jasmine and her husband Seth opened a brick and mortar to sell home goods, gifts, and apparel, including Seth's handmade leather goods. Jasmine shares about the importance of building relationships, their focus on quality American-made products, and creating a unique experience for their customers. We also talk about how their business has evolved over the years and how they're now shifting their focus to better fit their passions. So here we go with Jasmine Stidham. All right, well, we're here today with Jasmine Stidham of Stidham Outfitters in Johnson City, Texas. Jasmine, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me and welcome to the great state. Thank you. We've been having a great time. Tell us a little bit about you. Are you a native Texan? You know, I consider myself a native Texan. However, I was born in Canada. Okay. Um, It's a story that I only sometimes like to divulge because there's also been a few times at the border back when Mexico was open where I had one too many um, Coronas at (laughs) Mont Crosby's. And I might have also shared that information, you know, at the bridge. Yeah. um, Which turned into a long night. So I only sometimes share that. Okay. (laughs) But no, I've I've grown up in Central Texas, um, as uh, has Seth. And we met back in our hometown of Georgetown. Okay. So that was actually my next question. How did you guys meet? We met at the hometown rodeo. Oh, perfect. I know. (laughs) I like to make sure everyone's aware that he's five years my senior. Um, So while we grew up in a small town and went to the same high school and had a lot of the same friends, we didn't know each other. Um, So we met at the Georgetown Rodeo. um, And I think it's 16 years later. Here we are. Wow. I love that. Since you've been together, where has your journey taken you? All over the place. Um, Seth is a cowboy, which means he's got a little wandering spirit to him. Um, (laughs) So we have done everything from, we had a TRA team roping district back in Georgetown. Uh, We boarded horses. We um, started the store in, um, I'm in real estate. I mean, we've just kind of dabbled in it all. Um, We're renovating our house, which I shared with you, which is probably our biggest like mission to date. I think when you accomplish that, you've, you've, it's like the gold star. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, a little bit of everything. And the store concept kind of started as a result of him um, and his passion for building leather goods. And so he had just kind of taken over my like kitchen counter. And if you've ever sat across from someone while they cut a hide of leather, you realize that you need separate spaces. <laughs> yes. And so um, that kind of drove the um, idea to have a shop in town, a workshop, you know, and then it just kind of built from there. I love it. So you guys actually bring, both bring your own craft to the business. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, I'm just impressed you're calling my ridiculous amount of buying a craft. Absolutely. But I take it. <laughs> um, you know, when we started, it was really simple. It was like, Seth wanted um, to build leather goods. We wanted to focus on American-made, high-quality, mostly men's gear. And then 
you know, we were in a 900 square foot space. We just weren't capturing the right audience. It was what we wanted to do. It was our passion, but it was, we weren't really, we hadn't developed the like following yet, right? So then we moved into a bigger space in order to uh, incorporate women's goods. Nice. And that's when the snowball kind of started, right? Wow. So home, gift, apparel. We, we went from like one department to 30. Um, and so during that time, there were a lot of trips to, you know, Dallas Market, and we were buying all of this wholesale products. But it, you know, it, we sold it alongside his, his goods. But at the same time, we felt like in a way it kind of watered things down because these weren't American-made goods. These weren't always the most high-end quality items. And um, so that's when I started recognizing that people wanted unique things. They wanted different things. They were desiring um, items for their home that didn't look like everything out of a catalog or a Pinterest page. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started buying the antiques and um, infusing the store with that. And I think that's what made us look different uh -huh. than just kind of the, the standard boutique. Yeah. So was that too then when your following really started to gain traction and it is all a daze. I don't even know <laughs> when we when we really started like evolving. Um, I think when my hair started turning gray, maybe. Um, no, I you know people definitely recognized that we were unique and they were seeking us out. Um, we built an incredible rather than focusing on like numbers on our social media, we just we really focused on the people and we mm -hmm. built so many amazing relationships that the following kind of came more naturally. It never had to be paid. It never had to be like really infused with, you know, giveaways and the kind of uh, marketing that maybe you see more commonly now mm -hmm. on Instagram. Um, so we were just really fortunate that we aligned ourselves with, with people who we believed in their work and we kind of shared that cross marketing. Yeah. And I think that's when things really started to build and develop. Um, and then we just had friends in high places, like, um, you know, friends that work for Yeti, for example, that like shared, they recognized the validity of that brand and they extended an invitation to us to do a pop-up down on Congress in Austin. And like, that was amazing because we're just an itty bitty shop in a two stoplight town. Yeah. Um, so to be able to be involved in things like that, it was, um, it was so kind of authentic and it's definitely how the brand sort of developed. I love that. I feel like all that you're describing is about creating an experience. Whether that was what you're trying to do or not, you have created this experience for your customers from whether it's the goods in the store or the leather goods or down to your playlist, which happens to be one of my personal favorites. Um, but how did you go about working that into your business? You know, I think it was just like when we moved from Georgetown to Johnson, we've been in Johnson City for 10 years now. And when we moved out here, the first thing I did is went through all of my dog-eared Texas monthlies. And it took us down, you know, different farm to market roads and little ice houses and, um, you know, it just everywhere you can imagine. And so I wanted to share that same thing with our um, audience. Mm -hmm. And so rather than just always, you know, push the item of the week or whatever new arrivals we had in store, I also wanted to encourage 
people to get out and enjoy the hill country. Mm-hmm. Um, m- probably my only hobby is like food and wine and antiques. Right? Uh-huh. So <laughs> it, it just made sense to like share those favorite places. And as a result, we got to meet other small business owners. Um, we, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats. Yep. And so we really felt like that made the most sense that we would just share those little road trips and stories and, and people love it. Um, they enjoyed those, those trips as much as we did. Yeah. That's great. You guys have done a good job. I've always noticed of you have live music and you have, you host cool events that draw people. Um, talk about some of those things that you've done and how that has helped your business. Well, I've always kind of coined that phrase as slow shopping people. And, you know, it makes sense to businesses, but the end consumer probably doesn't want that term necessarily. But um, if you're going to have a stack of like um, cooking books or like how to build a cheese tray, build a cheese tray next to that book. You know, it will Uh inspire people to spend some time, thumb through the pages, grab a snack. Those were pre-COVID times. So um, let's see, other things that I've always embraced is um, during the rodeo parade we set up a bloody mary bar and it gets people to hang out and you know enjoy embrace members of their community watch the parade um we have of course hosted you know COVID has changed so much for has changed so many things for small businesses Mm -hmm. and so last year we were so excited to celebrate our six-year anniversary but it was middle of May and we felt like we couldn't responsibly do that, mm-hmm. you know, without falling under heavy criticism. Um, and so instead we hosted a live stream and Carson Jeffries played for us out here at the ranch. And that was such a fun way to like, you know, his career, I have no doubt he will eclipse us <laughs> in a matter of <laughs> a short time. Um, but to host him and to celebrate with our customer base online in that virtual way was new to us for sure. I mean, we had never, were, I'm lucky to get my iPhone to work. So we had to hire, you know, a company to come in and help us with that. But um, seeing that and even participating in this podcast, you know, it's it's the future mm-hmm. um, of, of marketing and how to embrace your customers and how to have a relationship with them that's more authentic. And so we're really, with the new shop, we have some ideas and we're headed in a direction that's more than just kind of a visual display of imagery on Instagram. It definitely has its place, don't get me wrong, but there are some new and emerging ways to like connect with your your customers. So we're looking forward to, to embracing that too. I love it. And you are out here in beautiful Texas Hill Country. How have you seen that change in the 10 years since you've been here? It has grown tremendously. Um, Johnson City as a town, I like lovingly call it the donut hole of the hill country. Uh Um, We don't have an HEB or a Walmart or Target. I don't think we ever will um, because it's just such a small town. So you can go to Dripping or Marble Falls or Fredericksburg for it, about 30 minutes away. Uh, But As a result, you know, small mom and pops 
line Main Street and you get to see something unique and unusual. We've just loved being out here um, and have just kind of open, I guess in open arms, embraced all of the, everything that it is and some of what it ain't. Yeah. <laughs> kind yeah. Of thing, you know? <laughs> You guys are intentional about giving back. What does that look like and why is that important to you and Seth? Community. You know, we were raised um, in a small town where you, everybody kind of knew everyone else. And um, we recognized that Johnson City was a place that also did that. Uh And so it was pretty natural to sponsor a little league team or Seth's favorite is the dummy roping that we do in the park next to the shop during the rodeo for the kids. And often we're giving them their first buckle, you know, and whether it's a, you know, a really handy kid that, that can swing a rope or somebody new in town that's never picked one up. Um, they've all, you know, won and, and performed well at that event. And it's something we look forward to every year. Um, in addition to that, we've just done some things with like fill the backpacks for back to school. And um, I mean, even more recently, when we closed the Main Street store, we had some food products left. And and so we made sure that that all went to the food pantry in town, you know. So yeah. it's just, it's thinking outside of yourself and like not always relying on the bottom line right. to drive those decisions. But rather what feels good and makes sense. Yeah. So you mentioned that you recently closed down the store and you're going a different direction. Tell us about what that's going to look like for you guys. We did. It's it's big news. It's bittersweet news, but effective March 1st, we did close the store on Main Street. We are in the midst of a renovation just around the corner on Nugent. Um, where we are renovating a space that it's going to be dedicated to Seth's leather goods. It's going to be part workshop and then like a private gallery uh, fitting area um, where you can buy high-end leather goods alongside buckles and saddles. And so it was this, this change, this transition was really based on us recognizing that this kind of snowball effect that we had created in the store was maybe not um, our passion, Uh but like, you know, it was doing well, um, it was performing well, but did, were we in love with it? You know, was it everything, kind of the brand that we wanted and the direction we wanted to go? And so that took some kind of internal conversations um and we do we feel like in a way you know we've let down some of our customers who have just been so enthusiastic and appreciative um and you know shopped with us for so many years so it it really was bittersweet um on the last day that we were open we had a shopper and um, her daughter come in and she had just been through a medical emergency where she sat in an emergency room in a hospital and um, was longing to get out. Um, And one thing that kept going through her mind was um, the trips that she and her daughter would take to the Hill Country and visiting the store. Wow. And so she she bought our 
windmill tail that had our logo on it. And we were like, well, who would want that? But it was because of the memories that she had created. And when, you know, she longed to get back to those. And so that was so much more meaningful than like, I mean, gosh, you leave on a high note when you hear things like that from your your customer base. Um, So we are, you know, we're headed in a new direction, which we are super excited about. Um, Seth is actually out of town. He's been up in Weatherford apprenticing with two other saddle makers. And so he plans to kind of launch a new line and a new direction um, within his leather goods. And the space that we're building out um, is going to be just an incredible kind of like framework for that. So we're excited. Um, We'll continue to offer some you know, we'll, we'll offer the leather goods, we'll offer the, the home, some of the home goods and antiques online. Um, and of course, stay in touch with our customers through the online business. Yeah. Um, but the footprint in town is going to be materially different than what people are used to. Right. We hope they'll love it and embrace it just like they did the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's a different scope for sure. Yeah. Well, good for you for recognizing it was time and for going for it, because I can't imagine how hard that would be. But I think that's so important as business owners that we have to pay attention to that and make sure we're staying in our right lane, you know? So often in times you look past, like, I can't tell you how many weddings and baby showers and like meaningful events that we missed because we prioritize the store ahead of that. And Mm -hmm. I know, you know, we're all guilty of kind of falling into that because it is our baby and, you know, we constantly are feeding it through time and energy. And, um, but I think recognizing, you know, what your passion is and where you're headed is so critical to your own individual happiness. And so for Seth and I, it just, it makes a lot of sense. I'm so excited to see what he creates in the world of, of saddles. Um, and to also just kind of explore a new, um, customer base as well. Yeah. Um, in addition to all the amazing folks we already have. Yeah, that's great. So from a business standpoint, what do you think have been some of the biggest things you've learned through this journey so far? You never stop learning, that's for sure. What we didn't know when we first opened, um, I mean, when we were trying to fill the original store, we drove to Dallas Market and we came home with nothing but a piece of painted art that was framed. <laughs> and that's what hung in the shop. Um, and it was one of the first pieces that sold. And it was because it was it was original. And, it, you know, so we kind of always hung our hat on trying to find, you know, unique products. Um, I think always willing to kind of, like, grow with your customer and hear hear both the positives and negative feedback that you get from customers um, to kind of develop out, you know, what it is that you need to stock and and how to always, you know, embrace new things and new challenges. Um, Gosh, there's so many things that we're still learning to this day. Um, But... I think just being open to it and responsive is probably the the most important part. If even if you don't have the answers, just putting your best foot forward. Um, I'm pretty type A. Seth is OCD <laughs> to the 
10th degree, so I'm not sure these saddles um, that he's building. I mean, I don't think anyone will ever ride. They'll be so meticulous. Um, <laughs> but I think, you know, you have to recognize, like, your um, strong suits mm-hmm. and um, be willing to learn, be willing to adapt, and um, then just take risks, you know? Mm-hmm. Life's short, so we have always embraced change and have always looked forward to like the next adventure and that's helped. Yeah. I think that's great. So you were kind of mentioning this before, but you, you made a shift to all American made products featured in the store and that's not always easy. Um, so how did you do that? Because I think we have a lot of people interested in that. We definitely have a generation who's interested in that. And so, why was that important to you, and, and how did you make that shift? When we sought out to fill the shelves with American-made products, um, it, it was no easy task because it's not as accessible, of course. And what we found, you know, f- the website FAIR is really um, helpful in connecting people, but also reaching out to small makers on Etsy mm-hmm. um, or on Instagram. Don't be afraid to extend, you know, a, a hello and um, sort of, you know, share with people how much you like their goods um, and, and how you could potentially work together using your customer base or footprint of your store. Um, and then, of course, when those goods arrive, to be able to talk about the artists behind them um, is meaningful. Mm-hmm. And customers do really appreciate knowing where things are made, where they're coming from, and who's behind them. And so sharing other small makers' stories was, you know, was and is fun and enjoyable for us. So we continue to, to try to focus on that. Um, when things aren't American-made but are small batch products or made um, design manufactured here in Texas, we also like to, you know, showcase those as well. So before, you know, bailing off and doing 100% American made, I would just say be more kind of responsible and um, like-minded in your approach for buying and and what you put in your storefront. Mm -hmm. Um, For us, that was kind of more critical than what money we could make on like flipping product mm-hmm. in a shorter window. Um, we just, we thought there was more value in the American made items. Yeah, that's great. What advice would you have for other people who are really thinking about pursuing their small town dreams? Oh gosh. Um, I would say get involved. So before we had the store, I was involved in, like the Johnson City Chamber and economic development. And, you know, I, I'm not local to Johnson City, so I got to live here and kind of hear from locals what was needed, but also um, explore the Hill Country as a visitor. So I tried to merge those two things to create kind of the mix of what we had. Um, but I would just say go for it. I mean, there are far too many small towns with boarded up, darling buildings that just sit vacant and um, whether you can work with your local community or economic development group to open the doors and you know dust off the the old shelves and and do 
just a pop-up or something that would kind of get people thinking about what Main Street business might look like and how big of an impact it truly has on a small community. Yeah. I think there's so much opportunity in our small towns right now, and we definitely have the buildings there. So it's just bringing the businesses in. and Sure. Yeah. I think with, you know, we, we of course have tried to really infuse a lot of time and energy in our online, but it's just a different experience than being able to meet customers in store and, and share, you know, your passion. It's a totally different experience. And so when and if you can have a storefront and a brick and mortar, I think there's a, a lot of um, enjoyment there that is fulfilling for both the customer as well as you. Mm-hmm. I know for Seth, it was like his, I mean, he, he likes to get off the ranch and go to a workshop. He needs a space and uh-huh. environment to work in. And it was an opportunity to like welcome those people in to see um, kind of what's behind making leather goods. And so whether they were shopping in the store um, or coming in, you know, to pick something up, they actually got to see the workshop and all of the tools and equipment and for makers, um, that validates your price point a little bit more because some people don't realize how much different equipment and dyes and tools um, that you need and that you're proficient in in order to just make that wallet or belt um, or saddle. So um, I think investing in a, a space is always a good idea. Yeah. So you're also you also do real estate. I do. And so, so maybe that's the realtor in me. Invest in yeah. that space. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so what does that look like for you now moving forward? Because your role is shifting too. Um, about two years ago, I, I took a step kind of away from the store um, in order to invest more and focus more in my career which in the hill country and central Texas and gosh, all over the U.S. today, you know, growth is happening and people are buying homes and investing in land. And so I, I kind of had to um, spend more time and energy in that. The store always gave me a creative outlet, which I loved. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, you know, real estate um, helps support and sustain our household. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, even um, through the store, I was able to meet a lot of customers and who later became clients who later said, decorate my house or space (laughs) or I need help sourcing furniture. And and so they all kind of tied together um, in some way. So that's been, you know, again, a a piece of who we are, um, but it all kind of works together in a nice way. Yeah. And I think that can be, you know, part of small town life too is we all wear a lot of different hats hats. (laughs) boy that's the truth yes well how do we follow along with all you guys have going on and and where the road's taking you next well um I mentioned that Seth is apprenticing and he's actually building two saddles for a competition um a, a boot and saddle making show that takes place down in Wichita Falls later this fall So he'll be entering his first saddle as well as a second saddle in the two different classes. And I think that is going to, you know, open the doors to this new 
idea for the store and this new product that he really wants to invest his energy in more than small strap goods. Um, and so we're, we're eager to see how that plays out. Um, we will hopefully move into the new space maybe by June. It's such a moving target right. <laughs> with all things renovation. Um, but we, we hope to be there, you know, by June. It'd be great to celebrate our seven-year anniversary um, at the end of May, if possible. And there we will be, you know, we'll have the workshop, but we'll have um, the front storeroom, I guess, storefront as kind of a gallery by appointment only um, place for, for customers to try on you know, custom belts or place an order for a, a saddle and um, as well as goods online. So we'll, we'll kind of dabble in all of those things. You'll see a, a kind of new branding and some things change on Instagram here pretty soon. We're almost prepared to roll that out. And then just some small batch um, items uh, with like our logo and things like that. So we hope to roll all of that out soon. Um, and I hope that, you know, customers will continue to follow along and embrace it just like they did the first round. Yeah. So Stidham Outfitters on Instagram. Yes. You can see everything that's happening. And your website, StidhamOutfitters.com. That's correct. Okay. We will link to that in the show notes. And be sure to go check that out. Jasmine, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. And y'all have a safe trip home. I hope we fill that um, van with some antiques for you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>Well, something that impressed me so much about this interview is how Jasmine and Seth are taking the risk to shift their business and embrace change. I'm so excited about what's ahead for these two, and they're going to be sharing more and more with you about what's to come over the next weeks and months. So be sure to go give them a follow on Instagram. I also wanted to let you know Rural Revival is launching a farm-to-table cookbook this fall, just in time for gift giving, and we want you to be a part of it. The cookbook will celebrate the long-held tradition of supper on the farm and shine a light on the farmers, ranchers, and local businesses who are preserving the farm-to-table tradition. I'll be taking your favorite recipes that you submit, along with some of my own favorite recipes, and putting them into this cookbook to create something special that we all can enjoy. Check out the blog post for this podcast on our website or go to the show notes for a link where you can submit your recipes huge thanks to Jasmine for being on the podcast today. And thanks to you all for tuning in. Have a great day, everybody.